Frosted Leaf is Denver's most innovative dispensary. What I like about Frosted Leaf would probably be their knowledgeable bud tenders, their online kiosk, their online ordering, and then just pick up at the store. And then they're always getting new genetics as well, so that's always cool. Like Edgar mentioned, Frosted Leaf gives you no lines, no weight, and a self-paced direct shopping experience that allows a fast yet comfortable transaction without the awkwardness of a waiting room. Not only does Frosted Leaf have the hottest strains, but they also offer a rewards program that will help towards your purchases. I would recommend Frosted Leaf to a friend and I would tell them to look forward to different strains and to knowledgeable help. Check out Frosted Leaf's three Denver locations and download their app today. Welcome in to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by In We Go. Joined by a special guest, Mason Plumlee. I thought he was going to knock that ref out in L.A. <laughs> Coaches will get testy with officials, but to run out onto the court and yeah. cut him off, yeah. I've never seen that before. You should have taken a charge on him. That <laughs> a special guest, Darrell Arthur. When did you first realize Nicole Jokic was good? He was in Philadelphia for Jameer's kind of like team bonding thing, and I knew it right away that he was going to be good. He was making great passes and good reads and stuff like that, and I said, this kid's going to be good. He's turned out to be a star. He has a great upside to him, and I know he'll be a Hall of Famer once he's done playing. And now, here's your hosts, Harrison Wind and Christian Clark. Welcome to a brand new BSN Nuggets podcast. Harrison Wind here on a Friday night, coming to you after this latest Nuggets win, 114-104 of the Dallas Mavericks, a solo edition of the show this evening. We are presented by Total Beverage right now at Total Beverage. They've got a really awesome deal going on exclusively for BSN listeners. You guys can get $10 off a $50 purchase or more on their website and app by using the promo code BSN10. That's BSN10. Again, if you use the promo code BSN10, you can save $10 off a $50 order from Total Beverage on their website and app and have it delivered right to your door because Total Beverage, of course, makes it super convenient. You can have all your liquor, wine, beer, spirits delivered right to your door from anywhere in the North Metro area, from Wheat Ridge to Erie. So make sure to check out our friends over at Total Beverage. A lot to get to tonight. The Nuggets victorious in Dallas, 114-104. Denver's 40th win of the season. Of course, they only won 46 games last year. It looks like they're going to blow that number out of the water like we've all been expecting for the last couple of weeks. Denver also picks up their 15th road win of the year. How many victories away from Pepsi Center did they have last year? 15. So the Nuggets have equaled their total of wins on the road from last year uh, already this season with 24 games left to go in the season. Uh, Denver's special season continues, and it looks like it's going full steam ahead. So like I said, a lot to get to tonight. Uh, I've got a lot of thoughts about Isaiah Thomas because it's only been two games, but I think we can gather a lot about how these two games have gone how Michael Malone plans to deploy Isaiah Thomas, what his rotations will look like, and also how he plans to cover for some of Isaiah Thomas' deficiencies on the defensive end. I want to touch on that. Also, Denver got some big-time defensive performances tonight. I thought Gary Harris in his first game back in the lineup really made his presence felt, really made a big impact on the defensive end of the floor. thought Jamal Murray, while he didn't have it going offensively, he had a really strong defensive game. 
and a couple other guys probably deserve some praise for their defensive efforts in this one. I'll get to that in a moment as well. And also, we got one question from the Total Beverage Fan Hotline on Paul Millsap, and a question the Nuggets will have to answer this offseason when it comes to his contract. Pretty interesting uh, debate there. So I will get to that in a moment, though. First, though, I feel like we got to start with Isaiah Thomas. He's been a huge storyline with this team all year. Probably the second most intriguing storyline, I would say, over the rest of this season, just behind if Denver can get their starting lineup back on the floor together. And, you know, the Nuggets were healthy. They had pretty much their opening night roster available in Dallas. I don't think anybody thought the starters, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Paul Millsap, Will Barton, and Nicole Jokic, were going to walk out there together for the opening tip in this one. Michael Malone has pretty much said over the last couple of days that he was going to bring Gary Harris off the bench like he has when guys have come back from injuries this year. And Gary Harris is still on a minutes limit right now, as is Isaiah Thomas, I think 20 and 15 respectively. So when Michael Malone only has a certain amount of minutes uh, to play a guy who's coming back from injury, he wants to keep them on the floor for a continuous period. So that means at the end of the first, beginning of the second. So Gary Harris was playing with Denver's bench unit. But we also didn't get the starting lineup on the floor together at all uh, in Dallas. So still waiting on that. Maybe we'll get it against the Thunder on Tuesday. Maybe that would be a fun game to bring it back for. I don't think we see it Sunday because I'm pretty confident Gary Harris will still be under somewhat of a minutes restriction and probably come off the bench again. The good news is, Malik Beasley's play isn't really letting up. He had a pretty good game, I thought, in Dallas. 13 points, hit three threes, 4-10 shooting. Really did all he needed to for the Nuggets here on Friday night. But getting back to Isaiah Thomas, he's one of the most prominent storylines for this team throughout the rest of the season. Over the first four or five months of the year, he was pretty much this cloud hanging over the organization. Not necessarily a bad cloud, just a cloud. Nobody really knew when he was coming back. Maybe it was December, then January, and finally right before the All-Star break. And I don't think anybody really knew how he was going to look in his first real NBA action in 11 months. After two games, he is much better than I thought he'd be. He's got more burst. The feel for the game is still there. He definitely pops off the screen. His shot looks good. He doesn't look like a guy who's missed the last 11 months. That's probably the biggest takeaway. He looks a lot better than I thought he would. Talking to people around the team, he looks really as good as anybody could have imagined he would in his first couple of games back. And he goes for 16 points in 16 minutes, 5 of 11 shooting from the field, 4 of 7 from 3, 3 rebounds, 2 assists. He did have 3 fouls in this one, a technical foul too. He was a minus 4, but I mean overall... I feel like he's looked pretty good, and I'll get to what he's looked like defensively because Denver's doing some interesting things on that end of the floor to help him out. But, I mean, in two games, he's hit six threes. This guy is just the microwave. He is the microwave scorer that Denver's going to have coming off their bench really for the rest of the season, most likely. I mean, eight points in his first game against the Kings in 13 minutes follows it up with 16 points in 16 minutes against Dallas. This guy can heat up in a hurry. That's for sure. And it's crazy after 11 months, he still uh, can really get hot like he has over these first couple of games. The burst that he has uh, is probably the most surprising thing. I just thought he'd look much slower than this. 
much more of a plotting presence rather than a guy who's really sharply coming off pick and rolls and stuff. He had that beautiful left-handed bounce pass to Mason Plumley in the pick and roll today. Had a couple of nice passes, but the threes were definitely what stood out. And this one, like I said, he goes four of seven from three. So Isaiah Thomas is playing with Monte Morris in the Nuggets backcourt. That's pretty much the backcourt combination that the Nuggets have gone to at the point guard and the shooting guard spot off their bench in both of these two games that Isaiah Thomas has been active for. Of Thomas's 16 minutes on Friday, 14 were alongside Monte Morris. And I'll admit, I wasn't sure how that combination was going to look really specifically on the defensive end. And I think the jury is still out when it comes to Will Isaiah Thomas really hurt the Nuggets on defense? But I really wasn't even sure how it would look offensively. And while I think Denver could get hurt on defense with those two in the backcourt, offensively, those two together are really going to pop, I feel like. And they have popped at times when they've been on the floor together. I mean, you've got two guys in Isaiah Thomas and Monte Morris who can operate out of the pick and roll, who can set their teammates up, who are both really smart, high IQ offensive players. One is 30, the other is 23. One's played in countless high playoff minutes, has years and years under his belt. The other played 25 minutes before this year, but still, they're both really high IQ point guards, natural point guards who are very comfortable with the ball in their hands. What that means is when those two are out there, Denver's second unit is really versatile on the offensive end. You can throw the ball to Isaiah Thomas on one side of the floor, play pick and roll with Mason Plumley. If nothing comes of it, swing the ball over to Monte Morris. Plumley can go over and set a screen for him. Morris can get into the lane, kick out to a shooter like IT or whoever he's out on the floor with. So there's so many options when those two guys are out there together. They can both play with the ball in their hands. They can both shoot. They're both obviously more than capable three-point shooters. So Denver's pretty dangerous. Uh, when those two are out there together. And I do feel like they're only going to get better from here. The offensive numbers when those two are out there in this game weren't actually particularly great. Denver posted a 105.3 offensive rating in the 14 minutes. Monte and Isaiah shared the floor. And as a team, they posted a 107.5 offensive rating for this game. So a little under what they averaged for the length of this game when those two were out there. But I have a feeling once they get more comfortable with one another, they're going to pop a lot more on the offensive end, more than they have even so far. It's an adjustment for a guy like Monte Morris, who's played on the ball this entire season, as he has his entire career, really, except in Rio Grand Valley with the G League, he played off the ball some. He's really playing off the ball now. I mean, this is Isaiah Thomas's second unit, and in a sense, it's tough because Monte Morris has in my mind, and listeners of the podcast know this, I think he's been Denver's second most valuable player this year. Just in terms of how consistent he's been, how durable he's been, how he's captained Denver's bench unit night in, night out, how I thought he's played really well defensively this year for the Nuggets. And now he's kind of getting iced out a little bit when he's playing with Isaiah Thomas. And something that I think we thought would happen, it's something that I'm kind of torn on personally, being such a big Monte Morris fan and how well the offense hummed with him out there as the lead ball handler, but this is what was going to happen all along when Isaiah Thomas got healthy. 
Monte Morris's minutes have dwindled here a bit over these last couple of games as expected. Now, I still expect him to keep logging around 20 per game, which is what he has, but he's not really going to have the opportunity to log the 25 to 30 that he did uh, when Denver was depleted. And you know, part of that is everybody coming back and Gary Harris getting healthy and Jamal Murray playing 35 plus minutes a game here or 33 like he did against Dallas. And Malik Beasley continuing to play well, but most of it is really because Isaiah Thomas is back here. So um, Denver doesn't look at it as a problem, though. They're big fans of what Isaiah Thomas is going to bring to the table for this team. I'm just very curious to see how this bench unit really looks and the structure it has, if it's really going to be IT's bench unit, like that seems like the direction it's going and how that affects the other guys. I don't know. It's going to be a fast thing to watch. I would expect Isaiah Thomas's minutes once the playoffs hit to get ramped up more. He's playing around 15 minutes per game now. That's where his restriction is at. But Nuggets brought him here for the playoffs. So he's going to play, and he's probably going to play even more come playoff time. And it's just going to be interesting to see what the dynamic is with the rest of that bench unit. I mean, if he can take on a really high usage role, that's probably what's going to happen, I'm guessing. It seems like that's the direction things are going with like IT playing high pick and roll with this bench unit with Mason Plumley and looking for his own offense, looking for Plumley, finding shooters. I can see this second unit heading that direction as Isaiah Thomas keeps getting more and more and more minutes. Isaiah Thomas's usage in this one, 32.3%. That's a team high by a bunch. Nikola Jokic was second, 28.7. Mason Plumley was third, who had a great game. Plumley played really well in this game. He finished with 12 points, 13 rebounds, six offensive rebounds. It was a plus 13 in 22 minutes. Hooked up with IT on a lot of plays with that second unit, but you can see it coming already. This is going to be Isaiah Thomas's bench unit. I think the usage percentage shows that. I think the eye test shows that. I mean, I don't think we're getting Boston Isaiah Thomas. He even admitted when he came back from injury that I'm probably never going to be 100% again. At least that's what the doctors are telling me. But it seems like we've got a decent version of Isaiah Thomas here compared to what he was operating at back in Boston in 2017. So as long as this thing keeps going in this direction... I feel like that's what we're getting with this bench group. I've got a few more thoughts on Isaiah Thomas, what the Nuggets are doing defensively to help him out there. But first, I got to tell you guys about an awesome deal we got going on actually at BSN Denver. If you're still holding out on a subscription, we were covering this game live in Dallas. Christian Clark is not on the podcast with me today. He's actually in Dallas right now. He was at this game and he's got some awesome stuff from the Nuggets locker room. You can hear from a lot of people on the Nuggets roster, a ton of guys spoke after this one, after the win. Mason Plumley spoke, Paul Millsap spoke, Isaiah Thomas spoke. He had some fire quotes that Christian included in his story uh, tonight on the Nuggets going small. Michael Malone's comments, of course, Jamal Murray spoke, Gary Harris spoke. So hear from all those guys on bsndenver.com. And if you're not subscribed, right now we've got a really awesome deal going on. $29.99 for a BSN Denver subscription. That's down off the normal yearly subscription price of $35.99. This new price comes out to just $2.50 a month. How you get that? Go to bsndenver.com backslash subscribe. Type in the promo code NUGGETS, all capitals. And that gives you the one-year subscription for $29.99. And also, 
if enough of you Nuggets fans sign up with that promo code, if more of you guys sign up than Rockies fans do with their promo code, than Avalanche fans do with their promo code, and so on and so forth, all of you will get a free t-shirt from the BSN Denver locker. We got a lot of cool shirts on there. We've got hoodies on there too. Make sure to check that out, BSN Denver locker. And if you're still holding out on a subscription, bsndenver.com backslash subscribe with the promo code Nuggets. Get a one-year subscription for only $29.99. Like I said, I've got some more thoughts from this game, some more thoughts on Isaiah Thomas and what the Nuggets are doing on the defensive end of the floor to help him out. Also, some more thoughts on the defense. Jamal Murray, who I nicknamed Johnny Hustle in my postgame observations, which you can also find on bsndenver.com. First, though, a quick word from Get Around. If you guys are ever in need of a car, truck, or vehicle for a few hours or a few days, Get Around is at your service. If you're not familiar with Get Around, Get Around is a car sharing app. You can literally unlock cars around you through their app. And better yet, if you have a car that's just sitting around and you want to make some extra money for your next vacation, you can with Get Around. Get Around's insurance policy and 24-7 customer service have you covered. So go to get.co backslash nuggets to save $15 off your first rental, or you can visit get.co backslash BSN to sign up for free to rent your car out and start making some money fast. So some more thoughts on Isaiah Thomas here. I feel like what Denver's doing on the defensive end is smart when he's playing. They're trying to surround him with as many good defenders as possible. And that's the right approach you've got to take with Isaiah Thomas. He's been a liability on that end of the floor. That's not breaking news. All you guys know that. All you guys who follow the league know that. He's been a liability on defense for really his whole career. It's something Boston had to deal with. It's something... Cleveland and the Lakers dealt with last year and Phoenix and Sacramento his earlier stops in his career. Denver is combating it just like they should. They're sticking good defenders around him. Isaiah Thomas played some decent minutes next to Paul Millsap and Mason Plumley tonight. Isaiah Thomas logged eight of his 16 minutes alongside both Plumley and Millsap probably two of the Nuggets' top-tier defenders, obviously two of their plus defenders. He played 15 minutes alongside Gary Harris, so all but one minute Thomas played on Friday was next to Gary Harris, arguably the Nuggets' best defender, definitely their best perimeter defender. Uh, The Nuggets' main bench lineup, the Isaiah Thomas, Monte Morris, Gary Harris, Paul Millsap, Mason Plumlee, five-man combo, posted a strong 78.1 defensive rating in five minutes together. And in Thomas's 16 minutes, Denver registered a healthy 102.7 defensive rating. So Denver held their own defensively when Isaiah Thomas was on the floor, I guess is what I'm getting at, the roundabout way of getting to that point. They surrounded him with a lot of good defenders. They made sure he was pretty much always on the floor with Gary Harris. And a lot of the times he was on the floor with Mason Plumley, Denver's best or second best perimeter defender, depending on what order you slot him and Paul Millsap. Spent some time with Millsap as well. And that's probably what the Nuggets are going to have to do with Isaiah Thomas. Luckily, they have Plumlee, who's really solid defensively, who's having a great year for the Nuggets, has really been one of the anchors back there, the anchor probably for their defense. He's on their second unit too. So naturally, those guys are going to get to play a lot together. And it's interesting, Michael Malone brought this up in his postgame comments, but A lot of times teams go out of their way to try to post up Isaiah Thomas when he's on the floor. And I mean, that's 
kind of a natural reaction. You've got a 5'8", 5'9", guy out there, and the shortest guy that you're trotting out going up against Denver is probably 6'3", 6'4". And so what happened in this game, I thought it was so interesting. Justin Jackson found himself being guarded by Isaiah Thomas a lot, and I guarantee you that was by design from Michael Malone. Sure enough, the Mavs try to post Justin Jackson up. They peel off from their normal offense and try to get him in the post, try to get him in the mid post, really force feed Justin Jackson, who is not a good offensive player. And Denver really let him get off or let him try to get off. They showed some good help. Gary Harris had a couple nice plays where he flashed to help really quick, double Justin Jackson right when he got the pass and then went back to his man. And Justin Jackson couldn't beat Isaiah Thomas. Justin Jackson finished 0-7 from the field, 0-3 from three. And it was just pretty funny watching Dallas just go to Justin Jackson time and time again and Denver really being okay with it. And like I said, I would not be surprised if that was by design. The Nuggets switched a lot tonight. A lot of times Isaiah Thomas was defending him and that's almost a foot difference. I mean, Justin Jackson is 6'8". Six seven, and so you've almost got a foot difference there, a little less than a foot, maybe 10 inches, and the Mavs really went to him time and time in the post, and Isaiah Thomas held his own. Uh, like I mentioned, the stats, Denver had a good defensive rating with Isaiah Thomas on the floor. There were some moments in this game where they struggled to get stops for sure, but all in all, I don't think Isaiah Thomas has really hurt them defensively in two games in a Nuggets uniform. we got a long way to go. We've Still got to get into the playoffs where teams can take more time to scheme for Denver and whatnot and scheme for Jokic and scheme for Isaiah Thomas. But so far, through two games, I don't think he's hurt them defensively. The Nuggets have had a good defensive game plan with him by surrounding him with good defenders, by giving the right amount of help, but also kind of forcing their opponent to try to go at him. And it's worked. And I think overall, you look at these two games, Isaiah Thomas has played really well, probably about as well as you could have hoped for him to play if you're the Nuggets. And look, the Nuggets have an incredibly deep bench, arguably the best and deepest bench in the league. I think they are the deepest team in the league. They go too deep at every position. And I did think it was interesting, kind of on the small ball theme, if you will. Denver, of course, plays small a lot tonight. They go with the three-guard look with their bench unit, with Isaiah, Monte Morris, Gary Harris. The starters are obviously Jamal Murray, Malik Beasley, Will Barton, really pretty much three more guards there. And Trey Lyles is out of the lineup tonight. I hypothesized on Thursday's edition of the show that this might be the last we see of Trey Lyles this season. Juancho Hernan Gomez slides in that backup power forward. Denver gives a small ball look that I personally hope they stay with. I think it's a good look. I believe in Wancho. I think he can get going again. He only played 10 minutes. Didn't look particularly good in this one. But I believe he can get going again. And Torrey Craig is cut out of the rotation now. I'm not too surprised uh, with that. So that's where the Nuggets are at right now. Isaiah Thomas is in this thing. It seems like he's taking control of this bench unit. It seems like this second group is his. Monte Morris is playing almost all off the ball, but again, I think that lineup can be really potent together. Defensively, I don't think they're getting killed by any means, and we're seeing the Nuggets play a lot of small ball. 
with three guard lineups that are really versatile, that can hit you from a lot of directions. The starters can do that. The bench can do that as well, like I just talked about. So this is an extremely dangerous offensive team like we know. This was a really good defensive game, I thought. This was a good way for the Nuggets to start off defensively after the All-Star break, and this team isn't slowing down, that's for sure. The two guys who really stood out defensively on that subject to me, Gary Harris and Mason Plumlee, and I want to talk about Gary Harris first. His first game back after a seven-game absence, obviously, I thought he looked great. I thought he looked steady, looked like he was moving well. He had a nice burst to him. The biggest impact he made, though, was, of course, on the defensive end. And it's easy to forget how good of a defender Gary Harris is and how good of a player he is. Getting into the season, he was the consensus second-best player on this Nuggets team. And he gets hurt, and he's had a really up-and-down year. He's had a year that's been taxing for him physically and mentally, probably more so mentally with just all the different injuries he's dealt with. He's dealt with an ankle injury, a hamstring injury, a core injury, an adductor. It's been everything for Gary Harris. And it's been tough for him. It's been really tough. And I feel like we've maybe forgotten a bit about just how good he can be. And he only played 21 minutes tonight, and he's on around a 20-minute restriction. So he's probably not going to play a whole lot more than that over these next couple games, I would think. But he looked good on offense. He looked especially good on defense. He is such a smart defender. I clipped a couple of these plays in my post-game piece, which you can find on bsndenver.com. Watch how Gary Harris navigates through screens. He always takes the right route. He always knows whether to go under or to go over the screen or trail his guy going around a pick. He's so smart in that area of defense, and that's a skill not a lot of guys on the Nuggets have. Jamal Murray, he had a really good defensive game tonight. He got by with hustle. Malik Beasley, hustle. Gary Harris gets by on the defensive end of the floor with his IQ and his smarts. I think that's the biggest difference between those guys. Gary Harris is a really smart, high IQ defender. And he's going to add a lot to this team, especially on the defensive end of the floor uh, down the stretch. He just brings a different type of intensity there uh, to defense. He's really good off the ball. He's really good at flashing to help and then getting back to his man. He's really good at reading the defense one or two passes away. And then, like I just mentioned, navigating screens and just kind of navigating around the defensive end of the floor, through defenders, around, over guys. He's just really good in that aspect of defense. And Mason Plumlee, another standout defensively. He was really solid, I thought. I rattled off his stat line a few minutes ago, but one more time. 12 points, 13 rebounds, 6 offensive rebounds. He was a plus 13 in 22 minutes, 5 of 9 shooting. He has had a really underrated year for this Nuggets team. And the final guy is Jamal Murray a guy who we don't talk about for his defense a whole lot here. He struggled on the offensive end, no doubt about it. Five of 16 from the field, two of seven from three, 12 points. He was a plus 14 though, and a lot of that was because of how well he played defensively, I thought. He was diving on the floor. He was scrapping for loose balls. There were a couple plays. One was right after he twisted his ankle, and you know my belief that I have zero evidence to back up that Jamal Murray plays better after hurting himself, after tweaking an ankle. Sure enough, he does that. 
all of a sudden he's diving around for loose balls. He had one under the Nuggets basket that he tried to save. I almost thought he was going to slap the floor or something on defense the next time down. He was so pumped up. But he had a couple of those plays, and that's really where he made his biggest impact in this one. He did not have it going offensively, but, man, if Denver can get that type of defensive effort from Jamal Murray, Nuggets could really climb up this defensive leaderboard They've been slumping on defense as a team as of late. They dropped all the way to 15th at one point before the All-Star break. They are back up to tied for 10th in defensive efficiency with Philadelphia after this one. So 10th in defense, third in offense for these Nuggets right now. And I mean, if they get efforts like this one from Jamal Murray on the defensive end, they can climb even higher. So those are the guys who stuck out to me defensively. And overall, this was a really solid game, I think, across the board for Denver on the defensive end. Didn't get off to the greatest start in the first quarter. And we know the Nuggets really for most of the season have been the worst first quarter defense in the league. They let the Mavs have too many things in that opening period. But in the third quarters where they really locked up right out of halftime, Dallas shot just 8 of 21 from the field in the third quarter, 2 of 10 from 3. The Nuggets forced Dallas into six turnovers. Denver racked up a bunch of steals in that quarter, outscored the Mavs 39-23, and that's really where they put a lot of separation uh, between them and the Mavs. Elsewhere in this game, Nikola Jokic had a solid game, kind of got out of rhythm a bit with the foul trouble in the first half. 19 points, 13 rebounds, 8 assists. I mean, he stuffed the stat sheet, but it did seem a bit underwhelming of a night from him, which is crazy to say. Paul Millsap, 17 points, 13 rebounds, three steals, six of 14. Not a terribly efficient night, but I thought he played fairly well. Will Barton, I thought we saw a couple signs of Will Barton discovering his rhythm. And I wrote Friday afternoon on bsndenver.com that Will Barton is probably going to be a lot more valuable than you think in the playoffs when there's a lot of one-on-one, there's a lot of ISO stuff, there's a lot of mismatch hunting, and Will Barton is one of the better one-on-one guys on this team who can just get their shot when they want to, and he's going to have a lot of value come the playoffs, but really only if he rediscovers his pre-injury self, and he hasn't yet since he's come back here after missing those three months, and look, being out three months, that's a long time. That's a long time to be out. I spoke with him this week. He said, mentally, it's tough. It's the first time he's been through this. He doesn't trust his body right now. He doesn't trust his body around the rim. And I threw some clips in there in that piece. And you can really tell, even over these last couple games, from that Kings game and that Heat game right before the break, he's having a tough time around the basket. And the numbers show that, too. He's not shooting well from the rim this year compared to what he did last year. But tonight, I thought we saw some good signs. I thought we saw him begin to trust his body a bit more. So that's going to be definitely something to watch here over the next few weeks. I'm going to hit another break here. Then I got one question to get to on the Total Beverage Fan Hotline about Paul Millsap and his contract situation. I'll be right back. Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. 
We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. That was Jim. He's been a customer of Piper Electric for over a year now and loves it so much that he recommends his own clients to them. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have preferred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with the circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lot lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by Total Beverage. Harrison Wind here on a Friday night after this Nuggets win 114-104 over the Dallas Mavericks. The Nuggets move to 40-18 on the season. They pick up their 15th road win of the year, equaling their total of victories away from home during the 2017-18 season. Incredible stuff there. Tough homestand coming up. The Clippers, the Thunder, the Jazz, and the Pelicans. I mean, if Denver can go 500 there, that's probably fine. But, I mean, this team has been electric at home all year. They're the best home team in the league. I would expect them to go three out of four, especially with New Orleans and Anthony Davis. That shit show there in New Orleans. The Clippers are a team they should beat. The Thunder, who I'm sure you guys watched on ESPN here, that game wrapped up shortly after this Nuggets game, did. That will be a... Awesome matchup on national TV. I think that game's on TNT on Tuesday. Nuggets will have to find a way to stop Paul George. They've done a good job stopping Russell Westbrook this year, not Paul George, who always seems to kill Denver. Just like a lot of rangy 6'8", 6'9", 6'10", small forwards do. That's the one position Denver doesn't really have much of an answer for. I want to go to the Total Beverage Fan Hotline right now, hear from Connor. He's got a question about Paul Millsap and his contract situation. A fascinating topic. I've got some thoughts on it, so let's go there right now. What's up, guys? This is Connor, Colin from Austin. I grew up in Denver and went to Arapahoe High School, graduated from CU. Let's go, Boss Harrison. Um, I wanted to call in and comment. I think it's a real possibility that the Nuggets pick up Millsap's option. I mean, I think the optics on a $30 million deal again aren't going to be great, but to me that would be more advantageous than giving him a multi-year, smaller value deal. Um, kind of gives the team an opportunity to look at Vanderbilt and MPJ for a year, um, and they can move into the lineup after Millsap. So I just think even though 30 is a lot, um, having him for only one year instead of maybe re-signing him to a, a shorter or a smaller value, longer deal, um, would actually be worse for the Nugs. So let me know what you think. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks for the call, Connor. If you guys got questions for the show, 1-800-BSN-8394. 1-800-BSN-8394. If you've never called before, all it is is an answering machine. Leave your name. Leave where you're calling from. Leave a question for the show. It's a fascinating question, Connor. And I'm not sure if the Nuggets know what they're going to do quite yet, to be honest. I think it could go either way. I would lean towards them declining it, 
just my speculation on the matter, maybe 70-30 that they would decline it. 30 million is just a lot for Paul Millsap. And you want to see how this playoff run goes and maybe what happens in the playoffs kind of pushes you in one direction or another. But if they were to sign him to say a two-year extension and decline that option, like I don't think the Nuggets are going to sign Paul Millsap to a four-year extension with worth $10 million a year or anything like that. I think if they were to sign him to a deal and decline that option, probably two years, maybe three years. So I don't think a deal like that is going to really stop a guy like Jared Vanderbilt from being a key piece in the rotation. And I'm sure the Millsap contract would be tradable. I don't think he's going to fall off a cliff or anything. It's interesting, though, because you do bring up a good point. If you pick up the option, you only have him for one more year. Who knows what the multi-year deal would look like. Maybe you could get a team option on that second year. I mean, that would be an ideal situation for Denver or maybe like a two plus one with the team option on the third year. I think I do think the best course of action though for the Nuggets to take would be to get a little financial flexibility for this summer, decline the option, and have a handshake agreement where, hey, we'll give you a two year deal. Now if Paul Millsap is like, if you decline my option, you know, I'm gonna go out and test the market and try to cash in here. Maybe Denver tries to talk him off that ledge, or maybe that makes Denver rethink declining that option and saying, yeah, maybe we should keep him around if he's going to field offers uh, from elsewhere. But just the sense I get is that Paul Millsap wants to be in Denver. I get the sense of big reason why he came here was because he wanted to be here long term, longer than just two years. It's just the sense I get from being around the team, from being around him. His whole family is here. He spent time here as a kid going back to when he signed here. That was another reason why he wanted to sign here and come here. So I just get the feeling he wants to be here long term. And it's tough, though. It's a good point you bring up. It's a good point because you don't want to block a guy like Jared Vanderbilt. You don't want to block a guy like Michael Porter Jr. Those guys are still such uncertains, though, especially Michael Porter, that... You really don't know what you're getting from him. You know a little bit of what you're getting from Jared Vanderbilt. It's fascinating. I don't really know if the Nuggets know what they're going to do yet. They've got a lot to think about between now and then. But thanks for the question. It's a good one. I'm sure it's something we'll be talking about a lot throughout the rest of the year and definitely into the offseason. I think that's all I got for tonight. A big Nuggets win, 114-104 over the Mavericks. Denver gets their 40th win of the season. They've got the Clippers on Sunday, little matinee game at Pepsi Center. I'll be there covering that, of course. Hey, if you guys are holding out on a BSN Denver subscription, head over to bsndenver.com backslash subscribe. Type in that promo code NUGGETS, a one-year subscription for only $29.99. It's a great deal to get on. Only $2.50 a month. We got content from Dallas from this latest Nuggets win. If you want to hear from everybody in the locker room, if you want to read what the guys had to say. Isaiah Thomas had some fire quotes after this one. Uh, He said about the Nuggets going small, quote, they've got to adjust to us. It don't matter how small you are no more. The game has changed. We could go five guards if we really wanted to. We're a scrappy group. 
we don't back down from everybody. So read more quotes from Isaiah Thomas on vsndenver.com with a subscription. All right, that's all I got for tonight. We'll be back with another episode on Monday or late Sunday night. Talk to you then. Dr. Rick and his team at Belmar Chiropractic focus on getting to the root cause of your problem instead of chasing symptoms. The results have been like above and beyond anything I could have ever expected. My pain is completely gone, full of energy, even throughout my entire pregnancy. He was able to adjust me and it sounds crazy to say, but like no back pain throughout my whole pregnancy. That was just really amazing. It's better than anything I could have expected for sure. That was Caitlin. Like her, many people who had looked everywhere and tried everything finally found relief and healing at Belmar Chiropractic. It makes you feel really comfortable because he always tells you what he's doing before he actually does it. So I always felt really, really comfortable and they're all so warm and welcoming as well, which is always great. Dr. Rick can help decrease anxiety and depression, reduce stress, improve mental focus and clarity, provide better quality of sleep, boost your immune system, and so much more. He's definitely the most knowledgeable chiropractor I've ever been to. And I've actually have recommended him to many, many of my friends and coworkers. Give Belmar Chiropractic a call today at 303-233-1236.